0: Hi, this is Elaine. We've hosted guest experts on impactparents.com every week since 2011. And since 2017, they've been podcast style interviews. Now we're dipping into those archives to share these fascinating conversations with leading world experts on the Parenting
1: with Impact podcast. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome everybody. It's Elaine Taylor-Klaus with Impact
0: ADHD, your online resource for parents of complex kids. And I am really excited to welcome today a colleague and an old friend, one of the first ADHD coaches I ever met when I first started in this realm a decade or so ago. Um, And she's been doing some amazing work since then. Welcome, Cricket Harrison from Atlanta, Georgia.
2: Hey, Elaine. Thanks for having me.
0: I am thrilled that you're here. Let me tell you guys a little bit about Cricket. She's a, I don't want to say a a jack of all trades because she's just a really well-seasoned coach and she's been doing this a long time and she knows the world of ADHD. does a lot of work with executives and entrepreneurs. Uh, she's just got a lot of experience in a lot of realms. And as as she's as I've watched her career develop, she's really blended it and pulled it all together in some really interesting ways. So so on the sort of the surface, she's a professional speaker, a trainer, business productivity coach, and the author of Focus to the Finish Line: Five Steps to Follow Through and Finally Make Money. Uh, and that sort of connects to her work with entrepreneurs and and people adults in the business business world. She works with adults as a coach and as a productivity specialist and does a lot of public speaking and training and has a lot of strengths in communications, planning, productivity and performance. You can find out more about her at brightoutsidethebox.com and we'll give her a chance to tell you more about that in a little while. But for now, let me welcome my friend and, um, and one of my mentors as a coach, Cricket Harrison.
2: Welcome. Hey, Elaine. Thanks so much for having me. It's funny to hear you say that because I think it has been at least a decade. It has. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and, and the fun part, just for people listening, is in essence
0: we both have three kids and we've kind of watched each other's kids grow up through all of this. And it's true. It's true. It's been but you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. Not that I've you're started. any longer than I am, but. <laughs>
2: I just started late. I started in 2002 with coaching. My background was already in psychology and communications, but yeah. I started the coaching world in 2002.
0: So yeah, I'm going on 15 years now. Which in in our industry, just for those of you who know, is she is like a seasoned veteran. Yes. She's an old timer. Um, anyway, so today we're going to talk about coping with overwhelm, staying calm, handling overwhelm and frustration, and you know, some people call it getting triggered. Some people call it just getting, you know, losing their cool, whatever it is, but some strategies for adults to handle when they're managing life that can be overwhelming and frustrating. Where do you want to start us?
2: I don't know. There's so many places, you know, there's the adult world of everything we're doing these days and everything is harder and faster and needed to be done yesterday. And I don't think it matters what industry In I think when you're parents, right, this happens to parents all the time. Uh There's more and more that the kids have to do that the kids are expected to do. And Oh, by the way, the parents have to sign and do this form and it's due tomorrow, but the parents are taking care of their parents, Right. somebody else, um, and, you know, and then there's the parents that are also working, and or the adults that are working. And again, it's the same thing. Everything is harder and faster than yesterday.
0: Right, and there's and the volume of information that we're called upon to manage is incredible. Like,
2: right? It's, I don't know how anyone has working memory with what's coming out yeah. this fast these days. I really don't. I think it's true. Yeah. And that's why our
0: kids seem to be managing it in some ways better than we do, I think sometimes.
2: Yeah, it's such an interesting factor. I am now uh, pretty much an empty nester. And I, you know, my learning style is that I am not a morning person. (laughs) And I used to joke with my husband all the time, I'd say 10 more years till I can sleep in again, you know, five more years till I can sleep in again. But But what I've noticed is, and this is why we see our kids really kind of do a little bit better in school than when they get out, is that they're structured. Their structure is provided for them. Yeah. And and we as adults, so that's what I'm facing right now. I'm like, wow, I got absolutely zero structure. And then it's how do I create structure? I'm blessed mm-hmm. in that I don't have to punch in a time clock. But I have to create my own structure, and I have to be very intentional about it and very purposeful at looking at my calendar. And to our topic, I have to look at my calendar and go, what do I do with this and what I need to accomplish such that I don't overwhelm myself, so that I don't overload myself, so that I don't say yes to everything, and or that I don't say no, I'll do it later and not get anything done.
0: Mhm. So so part of managing overwhelm is really creating structure for yourself and not waiting for an external structure but really being deliberate and intentional.
2: Yeah, I mean external structures can be great I think when they're not penalty driven.
0: Say a little we'll, bit
2: more of what you mean by that. That's a great So, one. So I have a philosophy of procrastination styles. And one of them is that we wait for this penalty phase and we consider ourselves, oh, I'm better last minute. And I do things better on the spur of the moment. And basically it's because we don't like to plan and prepare. And I think that's a great philosophy sometimes. I think it can be beneficial, but I think long-term it's it like learning health. to run a marathon, but you're sprinting everywhere, and it, you just right. can't sustain it. And your body, and your brain, and your health can't sustain it.
0: Right, right. So that last minute, we in, in our realm, we often call it amygdala hijack. Right, we're yeah. waiting for the amygdala to kick in to get something done, and it's a good strategy occasionally, but you don't want that to be your dominant strategy.
2: Right, and you know, I explain it. it it's a little bit. It's a little different, but I just want to give give a, a terminology for parents. Yeah or for adults, what we've done in essence is the brain is very trainable. You train a baby to sleep from day one, you train them when to eat, because if not, they'll just do their own thing. And a lot of people don't realize that we are very trainable. And what we've in essence done when we wait to the last minute is it's kind of like we're waiting for the chemical rush, which to put it in direct terms, it's kind of a drug rush. We're waiting for that rush to kick in. I want us to start to learn to, Not not rely on that rush because that really is your, you know, that's no different than relying on your glass of wine or whatever. I want you to learn to do it yourself. And if you tell yourself, I'm going to do this, and you just give it open space without judgment to try, you'd be amazed what will happen.
0: Right. So the notion here is to create your own, you're really saying that, that this is an opportunity for us to train our own brain.
2: Oh, I think everything
0: is, yeah. Say a little more about that. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I, I think we forget that we have that power. And when I talk to parents and I are adults even, and I say, you know, you were only born with a fear of loud noises and a fear of falling. Everything else is learned. And it's learned from family, from culture, from environment. And you have the opportunity to decide now, am I going to believe their learning or am I going to test something on my own? Um, you know, I always joke about kids and foods and Kids will swear up and down they hate broccoli or they hate some vegetable, but they've never tasted it, right? right. But they've got this belief, and I think as adults we carry forward beliefs. And I think for people that are parents, you know, and no matter how much you don't want to become your parents when you parent, that's all that's you know. A yeah. That's all you know. And so you've got this structure in your head, even if you're, it's not a conscious thing. But I think when you start to be aware of things, and I think just in the whole realm of ADD, awareness is so key. Yeah.
0: You
2: start to be aware of things. Why am I doing that? Do I really believe, this? is this serving me? If okay. it is, great.
0: Well, you know, and I would say is I'll pull that a little out of ADD and say in the realm of coaching, part of what makes the work that we do so powerful yeah. is that half the battle is awareness, right. right? You start by raising your your attention to your awareness of what's happening and that gives you sort of permission to be intentional or to change direction. Right.
2: And I think it's awareness. Like, So I always say to people when they say, what do you do? And I say, I teach people how to work the way their brains work or how to set themselves up for smart success,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, because it is about, we all work differently, whether it's ADHD, whether it's something else, Right. right. We've all got something. Well, we just all work differently, and that's what makes this world work, in my opinion. Some of us are gifted, you know, in the math, science areas and do all this amazing stuff technologically. Some of us are gifted in languaging and English history. Like, we all know that the the kind of school curriculum, people tend to fall into one side or the other. As an adult, we try to blend them together. Right. Um, but I think when you, in terms of overwhelm and in terms of doing too much, when you understand how you work, you make better choices. Cause my goal is always, let's not get you out of overwhelm. Let's, let's stop it before it starts. Let's get you not getting into overwhelm in the first place if we can. Uh-huh. So if you understand that, hey, if I, go out the door this morning and I don't eat a healthy breakfast, then I'm going to be foggy and I always have a harder day or I make worse decisions or I run late. Then you have a choice to make and you make the choice to have the breakfast. Therefore, you can be more successful in the morning routine or the morning part of your day.
0: Right. And all of that relies on setting the intention to think about what helps me be successful in my day. Right. Right. Starting with that. So that's sort of a preventive approach to overwhelm. What happens when you're already there? How do you, How do you address it that way you know I think first of all people get into
2: overwhelmed differently. I see some people that go like zero to a hundred right and I see right. some people that it's like a gradual build up and it's like that slow boil right they don't realize it they don't realize it we can see it coming. Um, I, you know, like we said, awareness is key. I think the first thing to do with overwhelm, when we're, when we're overwhelmed, we feel like there's too much to do when we feel powerless. We do not feel at choice. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing is um, to be able to step back, and get the bigger picture and take that deep breath. You know, we all talk about taking that deep breath and people don't really take it seriously. They're like, oh, you know, they're just going to tell us to breathe again or to meditate. Right. But But what it does is it calms the whole system. Uh-huh. Right. It calms the whole system and it slows things down so that we can start to think clearly so that we can get some oxygen into the brain. Sometimes when we're really uptight and overwhelmed, we hold our breath and uh-huh. we kind of breathe in short, shallow breaths. And again, not getting enough oxygen, we're certainly not going to make a great decision from that place.
0: And I think the second piece, after we've kind of taken so that. Can, before you go to the second piece, can I just throw in something? Just yeah. You know, I used to be a yoga teacher in a previous life. And so when you're talking about the breath, I just want to punctuate what you just said. Because when you take a, sh- a regular inhale and then lengthen the exhale, that brings you calm and relaxation. If you take a longer inhale and a shorter exhale, it's actually going to hype you up and give you energy. So paying attention to not just breathing, but how you're breathing really will change the impact you're having. So if you want to calm yourself down, you want a longer exhale. And if you want to energize yourself, you want a longer inhale. So, yeah. All right, move on yeah. to the next one. I just wanted to sort of throw that in. No, I think it's
2: so important because I think, you know, sometimes I'll talk to people and even in our conversations, I'll say, okay, you're you're going rapid fire now. Taking, mm-hmm. let will stop for a moment. Take a deep breath, and they don't even realize they're doing it. It becomes right. for some people going into the overwhelm is almost their comfort zone.
0: Yeah,
2: right. It becomes such yep. a natural place to be. And I know for me, and I don't know how you know listeners are, but for me, I was raised in a household that was a little dramatic. So, and being the only girl, I mean, I have brothers, but being the only girl, it was like, oh, you can't do that or don't do that, and it was all these kind of higher pitched, oh my gosh, urgent. Right. You know, kind of, and that's what, that's what I learned. That became a I thought everybody reacted that way. Mm-hmm. And really through all this training over the years and then learning, like take the deep breath, look, see what is really happening versus what's being triggered by fear. Mm-hmm. And overwhelm sometimes is the fear of not getting it done of, you know, all sorts of things. I'm not going to meet my deadline. I'm not going to get my kids on time. I Can't um, do
0: it all. Yeah. Yeah. More disappointment. Sometimes it comes from. You're like, um, then the next thing is, is is looking
2: at what can I do? Uh, This is where I am. You know, maybe you're running late and now there's a a wreck on the freeway. And if you live in Atlanta, maybe there is no freeway for quite a bit of the time. Um, (laughs) So so what do you do? You know, you can only, you have to learn, I can only control what I can control. Yeah, you have to learn to be okay with that. And and this is where I think it's so key. You have to know you did everything right up until that moment. yeah. And then whatever happens happens. But what can I do? Right. Well, if I'm stuck, you know, can I pull over and make a phone call? Um, is there anything I can do? Can I can I just learn to relax? But if there's a situation in somebody's life with their children or in their work schedule, it's what what can I do? Because the act of, of doing something of is more empowering. Mm -hmm. Right. I think when we're overwhelmed, we feel helpless.
0: So there's a, there's a take a breath and then take stock, right? Take stock of the situation, slow down, breathe it in, sort of assess the situation and then, and then figure out your action.
2: Yeah. and, And know that the action doesn't have to be perfect or right. Sometimes it's just it's just about the action being something to um, change the mental state to get you going to get you thinking forward instead of being stuck. So it's not about I see so many people go well I don't know what action to take or I want to make sure I do it right. Well, you're not going to always know you do it right, but you're not. There was a great quote and I can never remember who said it, but it's it's not Stephen Pressfield, it's somebody else. But it's you cannot course correct while standing still. <laughs> I love that. You know, it's like trying to do a U-turn in the car without actually moving the car. Right. You
0: can't, you can't do it. like you can't turn the wheel without unless the car is moving to turn the Type. Right, And
2: it might yeah. be, uh, instead of a three-point turn, it might be a 10-point turn because you're going to adjust every time. But, but in our life, sometimes we want to do it all in one thing. Like we want to do a donut and spin it around and not touch anything and be perfect. Right. And it just doesn't always work that way. And we've got to be okay with, the idea is that we're getting into movement and action
0: versus overwhelm and stuck. I love that. Versus being perfect. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that perfectionism. So let's take a break because we only have a couple minutes left, and I want people uh, to find out more about you and how to how to find out about some of the the fabulous coaching that you do. So where can people find out more?
2: Um, the easiest way is through my website, Bright Outside the Box. It's B-R-I-G-H-T for all my outside the box thinkers and creators who want to stand out and do things differently. That's the best way. And you can always email me info at Bright outside the Box. And I'm happy to talk with people
0: um, and um, if they have questions. Great. And the email will be in Cricket's bio on the website as well. So you can always not the email the website, reach her at brightoutsidethebox.com. And again, as a coach cricket, you work with entrepreneurs mostly and, and business professionals.
2: Well, I, I work, it's really interesting. I work with mostly adults. So yeah. I started out with, with kids and teens and, and that morphed into, well, can you help me too? And it, we were talking earlier on about kind of our, our path as coaches. It's organically grown into, um, went from teens to working with the parents to working with the parents in their businesses. So right. Exactly. Uh, and, and they're not hundred percent entrepreneurs I just find that that tends to be where they end up they end up working for themselves because they don't like the corporate structure quite as much I mean I've had a few that are that are there um, have had quite a few attorneys but it's so you know, my point is you don't have to be an entrepreneur it's mostly just Got adults it. okay.
0: Cool. All right, so we have a, cu- a minute or two left. Let's go back to this conversation about coping with overwhelm and sort of put a button on it. Like, what what's the takeaway for people? You we've talked a little bit about prevention, a little bit about management once you're in it. What do you want people to take away from today?
2: I want people to take away awareness that we mentioned up front because you can't change any of this or get out of overwhelm or stop the cycle when, until you start being aware of your tendencies. And then the second piece really to me is just you got to love who you are. You got to really be okay with who you are. And then just, you know, in our house, we kind of have a joke of, oh, I did it again. Or even when I do stuff, I'm like, I teach this stuff. I can't believe
0: I just did that. Don't beat yourself up. Right. Just move forward. Yeah. Whatever the next step is, it's, it's about that momentum to go forward rather than staying stuck. Yep. Right. So, but not beating yourself up—that's that's that's can be a tough road for a lot of people who've been who've had years and years of practice. Yeah, it is
2: a tough there. (laughs) You know, it is a tough road, and I know for me, first of all, growing up with a name like Cricket, I got lots of stuff that made me feel like I wasn't right or I wasn't, you know, I all the jokes, everything, and then thinking and doing things differently, being that very creative, kind of spacey, for lack of a better word, child. What I learned as an adult through this whole process was. The more I stopped beating myself up, meaning I stopped loving myself, I stopped criticizing myself, the actually the more stronger and confident and successful I got. Right. And then I didn't, it just became this natural building block. It just built on itself where I wasn't even so conscious of it. I just learned that, Hey, this is about the issue. It's not about me. I'm telling you plenty of other people have other things going on that we could find, you know, in their lives, dramas, traumas. Um, so I've learned to keep things about the issue and not about me. Mm, so not taking it personally. Is not really taking powerful. it. It's just really, it's really, I'd say in the past 15 years of my life really
0: changed things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coaching. Might, as my husband and I often say, you know, this coaching thing, it might catch on. <laughs> I know. It might work. <laughs> it <doesn't> really work. <laughs> well, thanks Cricket very much for, for taking the time to, to share your wisdom. We really appreciate it. I loved having this time with you.
2: Well, thanks. Thanks. We need to get
0: together for coffee another time too. Yeah, absolutely. It was, was truly really enjoyable. I appreciate you having me. So everyone, our guest has been Cricket Harrison, who is a professional speaker, a trainer, a business productivity coach, the author of Focus to the Finish Line, um, and a really just a well-accomplished coach in, in the general coaching realm and the ADD realm, uh, works with adults with, with a range of issues and who are looking to raise their own awareness, improve their productivity, and really create the lives they want. So thanks for being here. Thanks for taking the time. Of course, there's always more resources for you. You'll find this interview with Cricket and her bio and other articles by her on impactadhd.com. Plenty more resources for parents of complex kids. Thanks for taking the time to be here today, and we'll talk to you next time.
1: You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com podcast.
0: Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash Sanity School.